Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Incoming tropical cyclone Gabriel. Authorities say it could be worse than the last storm which battered Auckland with severe winds likely to down trees and cut power. Gusts of up to 150 kilometres likely and 300 millimetres rain also possible early next week. So what we need to know, not just for Auckland, but for uh, many parts of the North Island just after four. A trial on some Auckland buses has found drivers falling asleep at the wheel and an undeniable risk of fatigue. Sounds dangerous? Well, it is. A professor in fatigue management joins us. Also today, the system to determine building safety regarding seismic issues is unclear and needs to be cleared up. We explain all. And the world's largest movie chain is to make middle-class seats more expensive. Some have called for a boycott and are outraged, saying, hey, that's a class system. How do you feel about that? Would you pay more for uh, the seats in the middle of a cinema? And simply reading for pleasure has not been a priority in our school curriculum, say researchers. Uh, We talk about that today. What was a book that as a young person really captivated you, that you just could not put down? If you can recall, I'll start. Elephant Adventure by Willard Price. That's mine. What's yours? Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Andrew Hogard, Federated Farmers President, at least for the next four months. Andrew, welcome. Good afternoon. Just just over four months. How do you feel? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess looking for a new challenge, whether that's just going back to farm farming full-time or, or what, I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Put in a few years doing this, so uh, it'll be good for a change. Oh, well, good to have you on. Also today, uh, Ali Jones from Red PR in Autotahi, Christchurch. Ali, kia ora. Good to have you here. Kia ora. Thanks, Wallace. All right. Well, let's have a glimpse into the future. What if you could charge your home from your car? Plug it in, power the house, morning to evening. It's called two-way charging it's very rare here. In fact, our next guest has a two-way EV charger, and so far it is the only one to be installed into a New Zealand home. It's part of a trial by Octopus Energy NZ. Now, as an aside, they are not selling this technology. But with us is Dave Charlton, the Octopus Energy Head of New Energy Solutions. Good to Dave. Can you hear me? Uh, I can, Wallace, yes. So you have one, and as I understand it, during summer, everything, your hot water, showers, dishwasher, fridge, etc., all coming from your EV in the garage. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, during uh, certainly the most expensive times of the day, during our, our peak electricity times, uh, we can run our whole house uh, directly off the uh, energy stored in our, our, in our EV. So tell us how this works. Basically, this tech lets you turn your electric vehicle into what a, a mobile battery. It does indeed, yes. So um, you know we've we've already got uh, home batteries, um, like the likes of the the Tesla Powerwall. Uh, whereas this technology means we can make use of uh, all those batteries that are potentially sat in people's driveways, uh, not doing anything for most of the time. It's quite an extraordinary technology. So you're the so far, uh, Dave. You're the only house 
that has this? Um, this particular one, yes. Uh, it is, uh, to, to our knowledge, the only one in, in an actual home. There's a couple in some uh, test warehouses. But, uh, yeah, we, we like to try and uh, put the customer first and just make sure that uh, all these new technologies are, are actually going to work in, in, in real-life yeah. scenarios. Well, for the techies amongst us, pretty exciting. Uh, I don't know about you, Ali, if this really excites you or at least a bit of a glimpse into the future, the fact that uh, you could drive your car in and, uh, hey, away you go. Um, uh, Plug your car into your house. I think it's fantastic. I think anything that takes advantage of renewable energy is to be applauded and encouraged, and I don't think we do it enough. We're about to start uh, building a new house after a failed EQC repair, and we are putting solar in. And to see that you don't have to put solar in and that you could use a vehicle to do this, I think it's fantastic. It's got to be encouraged. How do we get more people you know, in a position to be able to do this? Um, so... I think the, the the first step is to is to make sure that um, this technology can work in, in a Kiwi home and, and with our energy systems. So that's what we're trialling at the moment. Um, the technology is still in its infancy, and right. we're, we're probably not going to see it um, uh, readily available for another year or two. Okay, nonetheless, uh, starting to happen. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Can you see you uh, you know uh, roll the um, uh, electric Ute up to the cow shed? plug the ute in and all the lights, everything on the cow shed, just uh, run off run off the ute? Um, probably a little more power than what the ute might provide would be required. Right. We've actually got a diesel generator up there oh, right. uh, for when we lose power, uh, and it's quite a big one. Uh, but look, uh, definitely in terms of like what we're about to experience in Upper North Island, where mm-hmm. you could have power outages, um, having the ability to be able to um, use stored energy uh, would be particularly useful in the aftermath of adverse events or during them. I guess the question I'd have is, what is is there a risk to battery life in terms of, you know, um, char- lots and lots of charging and discharging um, to power up the house? Would it reduce your battery life on that EV? And yes, and that's one of the big questions, isn't it? reduce the life of it all. Yeah. Dave. Uh, yes, Andrew, that is that is certainly probably the, the most important question, um, and it's it's a big part of the trial that we're doing to track to see what what the effects are. Uh, we've been running a trial in the UK uh, with 135 of these charges and vehicles, um, and so far we haven't um, had any reports of, of battery degradation. The main thing to think about is the the amount of power that the car uses when it's driving along the highway at 100 kilometres an hour. Um, is many, many times the, the amount of power that you'd use in your home. So, um, you know, you can kind of see it. It's kind of a drop in the ocean, really, to, uh, to, to driving. Okay. Now, I think that um, Ali put her finger on it. This is actually, I mean, the big issue here is about stored energy, isn't it? Uh, and the fact is, that's the way that uh, we sort of want to be going, if possible, into the future, the fact that you're able to store pretty significant amounts of energy over time. Yeah, exactly. It means we can we can charge up the, the vehicles, charge up the batteries overnight um, when there's, there's not as much demand on the grid and we're, we're, we're using more renewables. Um, and then we can pull the power back out um, if the vehicle's not being used um, when we need it the most. So there's cold winter evenings when we're having to rely um, on kind of peaking gas power plants to fill in the gaps. Um, 
in the future we we will be able to use battery storage to to fill those gaps and get us closer to uh, being 100% renewable. Very good. Finally there, Dave, uh, there's got to be a catch, of course, and the catch would be what? The cost? How much would it be? Or how much is it now? I mean, as I said, they're, they're not really uh, available widespread. Um, at the moment, I think if you could get one, uh, it would be uh, it, it wouldn't really stack up at the moment. But it's the same technology that's used in uh, solar installs, so the inverters that you'd have in your home. And look, you know, 10 years ago, they were they were very rare, um, whereas now we'll see solar installs where the payback is more like kind of five years. So I think we'll see a, a similar journey with the uh, vehicle grid charges. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for being with us. That's Dave Charlton there from Octopus Energy. He is talking about uh, two-way EV charges. Uh, he's, his is the only one in Aotearoa, I do believe, uh, but they could well be a thing of the future. Watch the space, I guess, in about eight to ten years, and you'll be uh, charging your home with your battery. Uh, we'll run off our feet with some wonderful uh, uh, books that you read uh, as a young person. Uh, Tom Sawyer, I recall, says someone, I was hugely disappointed when the story ended. I wanted more. Wallace, teenage novel series, Sweet Valley High. And Kate says, no, sorry, Donna says, Flowers in the Attic. Well, Ellie, mm. I read Flowers in the Attic. I couldn't put it down uh, as a 10-year-old. But tell you what, bloody scary. Yeah, well, was it, there, were, there was more than one, I think, in the series. Yeah. I think there might have been two or three. And it depends what age you're talking about. When, when I was very young, it was the Far Away Tree, uh, uh, the Five Go um, you know, Mad series, and Nancy Drew was another one. And then when Nancy I got older, Drew. it was things like Go Ask Alice about the drug addict and stuff. That's I don't right. know what happened to my reading um, patterns then. What did you read when you were very young, Wallace? Hold that, hold that space. You talk about that at the, at the end of the show. Um, but okay. uh, <laughs> I want to hear what Andrew was reading too when he was eight years old as well. Yeah. Uh, should be very interesting. All right, time for I've been thinking. Andrew Hargard, why don't you start? Yeah, so last couple of days, it's haven't been thinking too much about the big wide world. It's just been sort of on farm, and um, yeah, we had a bit of a spike in mastitis cases, and yeah, trying to work through what are the what are the ways I can reduce that. And it's one of those challenges that I think you know most small business people can sort of relate to in that, you know, often the, the prescribed best practice solution often adds a whole heap more cost and time and complexity and um, can sort of create challenges in other parts of the business. And it's, um, yeah, trying to find that compromise and think through well, what are the compromise things that I can do that um, will give me a good outcome. Mm. But um but at the same time, not create more work. And certainly, you know, if I'm expecting my team to do an extra hour's work a day and myself, then we obviously all get a bit frustrated and annoyed. And then, you know, a big part of coming up with um, solving this problem is being attentive and being focused on finding the problems. And, yeah, if you're tired, then you, you won't be able to do that. So there's that challenge of, yeah, just, yeah, at the moment, that's Indeed. what I'm thinking about. How, how do I find that right balance? Yeah, kia ora, Andrew. That kind of feeds into uh, an issue we talk about after four, which is fatigue uh, in the workplace, not just uh, in transport, but perhaps in sectors like yourselves. All right, very good. Andrew Hargard there um, with I've Been Thinking. Uh, Ali Jones. 
Well, I've been thinking about how on earth people manage when they can't get into their GPs. Um, I had to go to the 24-hour surgery yesterday because I couldn't get into my doctor until next week. And I found that really frustrating. I guess I'm fortunate that I could afford the extra cost of going to somewhere like a 24-hour surgery. But that's why I think a lot of people go to emergency departments because they know it's going to cost them a lot in a 24-hour surgery. So they go to ED and that's where a lot of the clog-ups happen. But I also spoke to someone today who said, yes, they'd heard that a lot of GPs uh, in Ototahi aren't taking new patients, that that many have closed their books. Yeah, so I just think this is really worrying, that continuity of care is really important with patients, and I want to be talking about this a little bit more. And it's going to be an issue that uh, both you and I and everyone here listening is going to be grappling with as, uh, I can't remember the percentage, but um, in the next few years, many of our GPs are set to retire. I'd heard that as well. And it's the same with nurses. It's the same with midwives. And we need to be feeding in at that front end, Wallace, you know. Do you have a good GP, Andrew? Do you have a good family GP? Yep. I actually visited her um, two days ago. Um, Had an Mm. issue with my ankle. and um, But, yeah, like you said, it took me, uh, geez, two weeks um, from when I made the appointment to when I was able to go and see her. And um, by the time I got in there, I pretty much solve the problem myself but um yeah certainly right. even in little old fielding there's quite a delay indeed indeed uh now john wants to know about the fatigue issue he's in regarding uh driver fatigue my wife and i are always concerned when crossing the auckland harbour bridge in a double decker bus which always uses the outside lane all the lies on that bus are relying on the competence of that driver as the barrier is not high and the bus could easily roll over it. And, oh, my goodness, they are rolling through. And this one here, here we go. Rebecca says, The Shining by Stephen King. Read it at a boarding school, age 13, with a torch under the covers. Scared to death. But each chapter drew you into the next chapter. It was excellent. Rebecca, I could not agree more. A book as a young person that changed your life. Text me, 2101, the panel.